All right, hey everybody, welcome back. Welcome back. Okay, so in the second episode of this series, um, in this series we're talking about the six absolute most important elements of delivering a high-end program today. And in yesterday's episode, uh, because we are delivering one episode every day this week, in this series, uh, I'm on CEO week recording these in advance so that you guys can get an episode every day of the week that I am off this week, which is so cool. I'm so happy I could do that. Yesterday, we really talked about um, in yesterday's episode, we really talked about uh, two parts. We talked client clarity and qualification and curriculum development and organization. Um, if you did not catch that, you check the show notes for the link to the first episode, but you absolutely, that is not one you want to miss. It really sets the tone and foundation for the rest of these episodes. Um, and it, it is, it, I mean, it really is, I don't want to say it's the most important because all of these are equally important because one leads to the next, but it's not ones you want to miss. You don't want to miss uh, what we covered on the first episode. So if you did not catch that, uh, or you need to re-listen to it, um, just go back to the podcast, go back to that one, um, or check the show notes for the link to it. Um, you're definitely going to want to catch that. Today, I want to talk about brand behavior because, you know, a lot of times when I'm working with clients, whether it's in my coaching programs or it is in the consultant that I do for seven and eight figure uh, CEOs. And when I come into their company and work with them and their teams and their sellers, and we're really looking at their uh, sales strategies and we're looking at the uh, design and delivery of their high-end programs, a lot of times they're missing this element. And you know, I want you guys to understand that your design and delivery of your high-end programs the design and delivery of those 100% correlate with your sales. 100%, 100%. If you have a really bad program delivery and the experience is not exceptional, that is gonna trickle into your sales because it's gonna lower your profit margins, it's going to lower your retention rate, it's gonna lower your ascension, you're gonna find that instead of renewing clients, you're replacing them all the time, which is costly. That costs way more than initially acquiring the client to begin with. Um, and also this trickles down into your sales team because your sales team isn't going to feel too hot about selling a program or product that is kind of got shitty delivery on the other side of it. I can tell you that right now. And I've experienced this almost across the board in every single seven and eight figure company that hires me. One of the very first things that their sales team will say is that the delivery side of things isn't super exceptional. And so they, they lack a little bit of confidence in selling the program because they're afraid that the people they sell into the program are gonna come back and start complaining and like what refunds and all of that stuff. And so on the sales front side of things, there's a lot of insecurity and a lack of confidence on the seller's side. Uh, and absolutely, that trickles in. If your sellers can't sell your program or your service because it sucks on the delivery side, you have a problem. You're not only paying these people uh, and you're paying to get all these leads and all these clients, you're losing it all as quickly as it comes in. And that is a huge, huge uh, expense, okay? So if you're gonna have sales on the front end, you need to have delivery on the back end. Does that make sense to everybody? You're gonna have sales on the front end, rather it's you doing it or sellers, well, the back end, which is your delivery, needs to be nothing shy of exceptional. Period. End of conversation, right? Otherwise, you're gonna have you're gonna have a sales gap. So when I talk about brand behavior, this is something that uh, we're trademarking because it is something I've been teaching for a lot of years. And you know, it really comes down to, you know, when you think about some you think about any branding, 
think about a commercial or think about think about anything that you hear on the radio or on the TV or even in the online space. Think of a company that it's like, oh my God, they've said that for so many years or they say that over and over and over and over. It's like instilled into your brain, right? Like when you think about it or you hear it, you know exactly who it comes from. Um, you know, I can think about that with, with certain people like Tony Robbins, or I can think about that with like Suzanne Evans or like, uh, you know, people that have just been here for decades. It's like, they've said the same thing. And when you hear it, you know, it's them, right? You think about this with like Pepsi, you think about this with like any sort of like real life product, right? They say the same thing. You think of some of those car dealerships where they have those commercials and you're like, you almost are like, oh my God, all right, I got it, I got it. You say it so much. Yeah, that's that's Brandon, okay? It, you might find that annoying, but that's actually how you brand. You say the same shit over and over and over a billion times for the rest of your life. And people don't wanna do that. They think, oh, I gotta say something new every single day. I have to be saying something new and teaching something new and I gotta be someone new. And every day just needs to be so different. And it's like, yep, yeah, that's why that's why you have no brand because you're not saying the same thing enough to even build a brand. When people hear something or they see something, you need it to associate with you, right? And so you want people to think of you when they hear or see a certain thing. And so when I think about brand behavior, it's the same thing. It's me reiterating verbally to my clients over and over time and time again, how I need them to show up in my programs. Because at the end of the day, it is my programs. And it is part my responsibility, 50% my responsibility to help my clients get results. And the other 50% is theirs. And they're definitely going to rise to their 50 and probably even do 70% if I can create the right space and container for them. And a big part of your clients having an exceptional experience and getting fantastic results and really showing up embedding on themselves is that you need to learn how to brand behavior. And brand and behavior comes down to boundaries, standards, and legalities. So I'm going to give you a couple examples so that you can understand what am I talking about here and what does this look like? So how do you incorporate this brand behavior that Anne is talking about into your own business, into your own programs with your clients? Well, first and foremost, you have to understand that you're the person who's responsible to facilitate what it is you want to see in your programs. It's your job to decide, how do I want the culture to be? How do I want people to behave? How do I want my clients to show up? How do I want my coaching calls to look? How do I want the results to be? Um, how do you want this to look? That's your job. And the first mistake that a lot of business owners make is they expect their clients to create the experience that they want them to have. They expect the clients to show up and create the experience. And that's where you're going wrong. It's not their job to do that, okay? If I sign up for a gym membership, is it my job to go into the gym and create the culture of that gym? Or is that the CEO's responsibility to say, hey, here's the rules of the gym. Here are the rules. Here's how you behave here. And here's how you're gonna get the most here. And here's what we expect of you. 
this is your job, your responsibility, and this is ours, and here's what is expected. Whose job is it to do that? Oh, it's the CEO's. It's the CEO's job. And then it's that person's job every single time someone walks through the doors for the duration that they're there. You can't just say this once. You don't just put a sign on the wall and hope everybody reads it. You don't just send out an email and hope everybody sees it. I mean, people, you can't just like say, hey, it said it in the contract. Okay, 90% um, of people don't read contracts. Is that your responsibility or theirs? No, it's our responsibility to read the contracts, right? But if you know that 90% of people don't read contracts, so then what else can you do to make sure they get it? What else can you do to make sure they get the message? If all you do is sit back like a victim and say, well, oh, well, not my problem. I put it in the contract. Okay, well, we know that 90% of people don't read contracts. So where else should you be putting it? And how else can you be saying it? This is what we call brand behavior. It's not enough for you to say it once. It's not enough for you to put your message in one place. You need to put it in all the places and you need to say it every motherfucking day. That's how it goes. That's branding. That's how you brand. You say the same motherfucking thing every motherfucking day. <laughs> That's branding. Go look up the definition of a brand. Go look at the top brands in the world. They're saying the same thing over and over every day, constantly. And so when you think about your clients and your programs and you're unhappy with the way they're showing up and how they're using the space and how they're taking advantage of your energy and they're not prepared for calls and they don't know their questions and they're spiraling like little children who have no clue what they're doing in their life and they're not doing the work and then they're bitching and whining and complaining and they're late on their payments and they're this and they're that. Whose responsibility is it to verbalize what is acceptable and not in this space? Well, that's your job. You are the business owner. You are the CEO and the facilitator. It's your job. If you're at school, you send your kids to school. Here's a great another analogy for you. You send your children to school. Whose job, whose job is it to direct and guide and lead the children from the second they enter the doors until they walk out of them with their parents at the end of the day? Whose job and responsibility is it to protect, to lead, to guide, to mentor, to facilitate and coach the child on every move that needs to happen for that child to be safe and to learn and to get the benefits of the school every single day, Monday through Friday. Whose job is it? Is it the parents, the child, or the teachers? It's the teachers. It's their job. That's their job, okay? That's their job. So again, business is no different. When you go into certain places today, uh, there's usually a sign that says, you must have a shirt on, you must wear shoes, right? Um, you can't have animals or you have to wear a mask. There's usually a sign. And then when those rules are broken, somebody in that store will address you and say, hey, I'm sorry, you cannot be in here without those things. 
you can't bring your pet in here. I'm sorry. You're going to have to bring the pet outside. Oh, I'm sorry. You cannot swear and use that language in the store. They are going, somebody in that store is going to address if their rules of their store is not being followed. Is that the job of the store manager or owner, the facilitator, or is that the job of the people coming in to run the show and to direct everybody? No, it is the, the store manager or the CEO. It's their job to make it clear. Maybe someone can't read, so they don't see your sign. Or maybe someone just didn't see the sign, okay? Maybe they're not from around here and they've never done this before. They've never been here, so they don't know. Like, it's your job, okay? So when you think brand behavior inside of your company, your programs, this is the shit we're talking about. It's your job. This is your job. And if you're not going to do it, then you hire someone whose only job is to facilitate this. I don't care who does it, but it has to be done by the company, okay? And your job is to tell people, here's your responsibilities and here's ours, okay? This is how you show up and get the most from this program. And this is how we make sure you show up and get the most of the program. Here's how you use access to me and my team or here's how you get access and here's how you get the most from the access here's how you show up and use the access and here's how we show up and create that access do you understand there is a responsibility and you cannot just expect people to come in and just know this or create it for you okay you or someone on your team needs to do this and so i'll give you a couple little things so i I have kind of a rule in my in my programs is when you show up on a coaching call, you're going to show up prepared, okay? Um, you're going to show up prepared. You're going to show up ready to receive, and you're going to show up ready to contribute. You're going to show up with the materials that we emailed and that we texted and that we provided multiple times leading up to this call, and you're going to show up with those in hand, okay? You're gonna show up ready to take notes. You're gonna show up ready to answer, to contribute to the conversation. You're gonna show up and know your questions that you wanna ask so we're not wasting time and taking time from everybody else. You show up prepared and ready to get the value, ready to give value, and ready to implement on every single call. And with every question you have, you must present at least one or two ideas of how you might be able to solve that problem because this isn't and solve my problem show, okay? It's not my job to solve your problems. I'm here to coach and guide you and you need to also do your part and you need to think for yourself and you need to also be resourceful and an adult and you need to come up with some ideas as well. And then together we can coach and we can come up with a solution. But this isn't show up on my coaching and and solve my problems of my life show. So I want you guys to understand it's also not I'm also not the star of the show, and I don't want to be. That means I want contribution from everybody. That means I want clients to coach clients. I want clients to come in and share what's working for them, what's not. Come share your advice, share your tips, share your opinions. I want a mastermind collective on my calls. I don't want to be 
the only person in my company that everybody goes to for everything. I don't want to be the star of the show and I don't want to be the smartest in the room. That's another problem a lot of coaches have. A lot of CEOs are like, I need to have all the answers. And it's always me that's doing all the talking and it's the star, I'm the star of the show. Nope, that's why people aren't having an exceptional experience. In my programs, I'm barely doing the coaching. I do a little bit of teaching. We open up for implementation on every single session. And a lot of the coaching and a lot of the masterminding that is happening is happening amongst my clients. And I'm sitting back learning a ton and they're, they're really co-working together and collaborating together. And that's the experience we're creating. This is not the and show. And I don't want to be the star of the show. So how do I create it? I have to brand that behavior. I have to every single day in every verbal conversation, in every written communication, I have to tell my clients what I want, what I need, and what I expect of them on every single piece of communication, every single time, every single day. And then my job is to incorporate elements that support what I'm asking them to do. Okay, so when we're on coaching sessions, I will say, does, can everybody go ahead in the chat and tell me your wins? Can everybody in the chat tell me what, um, or, or go ahead and click the links for your resources and have those pulled up and go ahead and comment done or raise your hand when you've got that done for me. Let's go ahead and make sure we're getting those up. All right, great. I hope you guys are ready to implement today because here's what we're going to do. And I set the expectation. And then we do co-working. We're going to, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're breaking out into, into sessions. Our breakout session, breakout groups. In those groups, here's what you're going to do. Here's what everybody needs to do. You may have 10 minutes. We have 15 minutes. And I want everybody to do this. And when we come back, here's what we're going to do. And then when we're coaching, it's like, awesome. I think that's a great idea. What do you think? Okay, great. How do you feel about that? Awesome. Now let's work with it. What If you had to think about that, what would you say the answer to that would be? Okay, great. Let's talk about that. I absolutely coach my clients, but I'm not going first. Okay, I'm not just going to give you answers. Um, th that's not really going to empower you. I want my clients to be independent and code, uh, not codependent. And also, I'll say, does anyone else have any uh, thoughts, suggestions, or opinions on this? Anyone else have a way they've done this that worked really well that they want to share? Anyone else have anything to add to that? I incorporate collaboration and co-creation on every single call every time and now it's to the point where most of the time i don't even have to say that because there's a brand that's being there's a brand behavior being created where people show up and expect to not only receive but to contribute that's a culture that i personally wanted to create and so i put together what i had to do to create it okay when my clients show up they're prepared they know their questions, they know where they're stuck, they're ready to, to, to you know, talk about what they think they could do, as well as receive some coaching, they're ready to contribute and receive, they're ready to implement and co-work, they, they already expect it when they show up. That's brand behavior. It is in my contracts, it's in the welcome packet, it's discussed in orientation, it's in our email reminders, it's on our live calls and our sessions. It's in everything, every time. 
every single time. And then we provide any resources and reminders and links that they need to help support what we're asking them to do. We're not saying go do this and you figure out how and you create it. We're saying here's what we want you to do and here's the thing you can do that with or here's how to do it. We're giving them the structure and the resources to do it, but we're telling them what they need to be doing, okay? What's your part and what's my part? And then we put the people and the things in place to support it so that it's not hard. We're not giving an additional to-do on our client's list. We're not making this something that's like another to-do on their list or another task. We're making this very easy for them to do, but we have to facilitate them doing it. Does that make sense to everybody listening? So that's what I mean by brand behavior. What I want you to think about as we wrap up here is what do your what does it look like inside your programs? Is it just a hot mess? Do people, are people like, I don't know where to go for this. I don't know what to do about that. Where do I find this? How do I do that? Oh my God, I missed this. Oh, I didn't even know that was happening. Oh my God, I'm so lost. Oh my God, I'm so stuck. Are they showing up on calls so, like, are they showing up on calls and they don't even know what they're doing there? Like, they're like, I'm not sure. They look so lost. I don't even know why I'm here. What are we supposed to be doing? Okay. Um, are they showing up ready to receive and also ready to contribute? Are they active participants in their own fucking journey and experience and investment in their own goals? Or are they sitting back expecting you to be a magic fairy and a magic genie and solve all their problems while they sit there and do nothing? What is the experience in your programs with your clients right now? Do they know what they need support with? Do they know their questions? Are they, are you seeing that they're having progress? Like when they show up on the calls, you can, their questions are showing you that they're progressing. Or are, is it the same fucking thing every time they show up? Zero, there's zero progress. It's the same shit show, same question, same problem. They're in the same fucking place every week. This is, this is part you. This is part you. Yes, they have a level. They have a 50% responsibility to go off and actually do the work, right? They have a 50% responsibility. But the reason that their 50% is not being met usually is because your 50% is not being done. If you did your 50%, they would do theirs and we'd have 100%. So again, I think that if you're, a, if you're an expert CEO facilitator and you're sitting back and you're like, not my problem, they should be doing what they got to do. And I'm just sitting here like, mm -mm, not my problem. That's part of the problem. You are part of the problem. 100%. It isn't your job to do the work It's for them. It's not your job to hold their hand and babysit them. If you listen to anything I've said today, there's nothing here that I've said that indicates holding their hands, going and getting them out of bed and coddling them and doing the work for them. There's not one thing I've said here on this episode that would indicate that that's what we're doing over here at all. What I'm saying is you do have a 50% fucking responsibility to fulfill your part of what they need to get what they're trying to get. If they, if you didn't have any part, then they don't need to invest in your shit. If they knew how to get there by themselves, they wouldn't invest in your stuff. They'd just go get it themselves. They're investing in you because you have the fucking 50% they don't have. You have the other 50% that they need. And that's your job. 
So you give your 50%, they give their 50%. Well, what is 50 plus 50 equal? <laughs> Again, there's the math. 50 plus 50 is 100. ABC equals XYZ. If you give your 50, they give their 50, we have 100%. Okay? And as long as you give your 50, it doesn't matter if they only give 5%. You give your 50 every fucking time. Okay? That's the job. That's the job. Even if they give 0%, as long as you give your 50, you've done your part. You don't get to sit back and do 30%. You don't get to sit back and do 5% and then bitch and complain that your clients suck and they're not doing a thing, but you're only doing 5%. <laughs> they, that's not how this works. Your clients don't need you if you're only given 5%. Your clients don't need to invest in your shit for 5%. They're coming in for the other 50 that they need. Okay? And then that's why we need to make sure that their client clarity and qualification is in order so that we are attracting people in the 50 percentile. Okay? Does that, do you see how this comes together? Um, you're not going to get, you know, people that don't qualify. You're not going to get them to do the 50%. They're going to come in and do 5 or 10%, and then they're going to bitch and complain that you're not doing the rest. Okay? That's the wrong type of people in your program, and that's your job. Your job is to bring the right people in that are going to come in and do 50 to 70% of the work because it's their shit, right? It's really their goals. If they come in and do even 50%, we're doing wonderful. If they come in and want to be overachievers and do 70%, that's even fucking better. But you're always showing up doing your 50. And part of your 50% is the client clarity and qualification, the curriculum development. And the other part of it is the brand behavior, okay? It is about you creating that brand behavior for here's how you're going to use the space. And here's what is expected of you. And here's your responsibilities as you enter my space. This is my playpen. This is my house, my rules. And this is what it's going to be. This is your 50%. This is mine. You do yours and I will always do mine. And this is my house, my rules. That's how you need to run the show. Okay. Um, most of my clients say I run a pretty tight ship. And what they mean by that is this right here. I'm very, very like, this is how it is. My house, my rules, and I want you to win. So you're going to do this 50% and I'm going to do this. Are we in this together or what? Let's lock arms and partner. Let's go. But I don't fuck around. Okay. So again, that's my 50%. My 50% is to get you what you need to do your 50%. That's why you're here. Okay. So that's the brand behavior. And you want this all over, the, you want it plastered in everything and you need to verbally say it every day, every time in all the things. This isn't said at once and I don't need to repeat it again. Um, tomorrow in the episode, tomorrow's episode, we're going to talk about client progress and repeatable results. Um, this is going to be really, really important too. So that's going to be coming out tomorrow and I will see you guys then. Welcome to the Confident Close Her podcast, the podcast where we help established online coaches, consultants, and sellers master human behavior sales techniques, break free from the dated, ineffective, and just plain wrong sales strategies, create radical revenue leaps, and break through to multi-six and seven figures. I'm your host, Ann Keeney, and my mission is to teach online, high-performing female coaches and sellers how to win at the game of sales using selling techniques that work with human behavior. Because we know that a business that doesn't make plenty of money is a dying business. So take off those boxing gloves, stop fighting for your sales, because in 30 minutes or less, 
I'll show you how to pour rocket fuel onto your strategies, pull in way more profit, and close up to 90% of your sales, authentically, humanely, and consistently. Let's get down to business. Hey, thanks for listening to the Confident Closer podcast. If you loved this episode, we release episodes each and every week. So make sure to hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review. If you're a female coach, service provider, or consultant looking to elevate your sales and leverage your time more efficiently, we are currently accepting applications into our Profitable Entrepreneur Mastermind. In the Profitable Entrepreneur Mastermind, we're putting you in the room with other high-achieving coaches who are scared their income and impact and leveraging their CEO time so they can have a business and life they love without the hustle and sacrifice we all know as normal. We focus on scaling, sustainable, and highly profitable group programs, your conversion and launch strategy, a repeatable sales pipeline, and scaling with profit-driving sellers so you can get your time back. If simplifying your scale, putting more profit in your pocket, and getting your time back while creating a bigger impact in the world is on your radar this year, send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram and let's see if the Profitable Entrepreneur could be your next best investment. And I hope to see you on the inside. Mm-hmm.